Welcome, everybody, for an for a very special episode of Timbercast. It's Michael Wood without Trey Smith, but I have very special guests today. Um, so, first off, uh, our biggest fans, sorry, Sierra Hostetler, Sierra, sorry, everybody in the Netherlands, but hello. Uh, Mr. Schulke, Brad Schulke, our science teacher, is here with another special guest of his that we brought in, and we are at on live on location, if you will, um, at Java Joe's downtown. We're living it up in the city. We're doing something totally different for the podcast this week while we're on break. Um, hope you enjoyed the Christmas episode and all those things, but it's time to do something different. It's uh, first episode, really, for the 2018 school year. Episode 53. So without further ado, let's introduce our esteemed, amazing science teacher, Mr. Shulky, Brad Shulky. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Hello. Well, hello. How are you? Good. We were looking at the demographics again. There are a lot of people over there. In, in, in Germany, there's a lot of people listening over there. There's a lot. Um, okay. You threw so, out some numbers a few minutes ago about how many listeners we have. Yeah, on an Just average cool. per week, there's like 25 listeners from Germany and the Netherlands, which is crazy. That's really cool. I think they're all foreign exchange students. Yeah. Lothar Reifert. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She's an amazing piano player. Um, Shoki, why are we here? Uh, well, we have a very special guest. Yeah. Um, who we both know. Whom I adore. Whom you adore. And as do I. I bet, yeah. I mean... The fact that he shares fifty percent of my genes is probably—it's yeah. probably the bigger probably reason. Part of it. <laughs> you want to introduce him? I do. Um, class of two thousand eleven. Um, when I was beginning to start teaching at East Mountain High School, I was a couple of years in, and I didn't really know what I was trying to do. I was actually trying to find a place at that school, honestly. And uh, this kid showed me the way in a lot of ways, and it was about being creative. And so, um, this person is his name is Aranya Shulky. He's Mr. Shulky's son. He wandered our halls a lot. He stayed in the music room a lot. Mm-hmm. And a little tidbit of information, Aranya Shulky is actually the one who interviewed me for my job at East Mountain High School. <laughs> that's true, right? Yeah, that's true. It, it's totally true. He, he and Alex Wine came in and the principal at that time, Doug Wine, is like, nope, not me, these two. And he walked me in the music room and it was you guys who interviewed me. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, so Aranya Shulky, who graduated in 2011, has done some really amazing things after high school. Uh, I, I am sad to say I don't spend enough time with you now, man. I, I'm glad for you, and I'm really proud of you. But, man, I wish you were close to home. I wish we got to hang out more, man. It's good to see you, though. Me, too. Thank you. It's good to see you. That was quite the introduction. That's a big deal, right? <laughs> um. Yeah, I uh, I haven't been here. If I was here in in town, or I mean, I guess I was here last year. But if I was around more frequently, I I know that I would come out and spend some more time and still be more involved with everything. I think talking to a dad with two kids, I got <laughs> I got no time either, man. I get it, man. It just it just is what it is. That's a good thing about uh, life moving forward. Yeah. So we got some stuff to talk about today about where you're at. Hmm. Um about a common theme maybe between the three of us and uh we want to you gotta do your laundry okay. list so let's 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 talk to mr shulky's laundry list first so yeah so i'm s- sad that mr smith isn't here i know because i wanted to hear him say welcome to timbercast <laughs> in his his unique gruff voice 
He starts uh, every episode, too. So, let's see. Number one. I love you, Brandy. Oh, well played at the beginning. Got it. I saw what you did there. Oh, my wife is going to love that. And number two or three, I guess. Um, after today, we're going to bury the hatchet. Okay, you and I? But, yeah. Okay. But your performance on your music test quiz a couple of episodes ago <laughs> was just as crappy as my bird call <laughs> quiz. Not even close. I was like off by a couple years. It was 1967 <laughs> when I said 64 or something like that. <laughs> you said Star Wars. So All there right. you go. Okay, okay. I think that's it. Okay. And then somehow transitioned into our theme, which I don't quite understand how it's articulated in my brain, but maybe we'll figure it out. Well, I, I think it's time to spoil it. I, I think we have a really great magic uh, thing here today to talk about. So there's a common theme between the three of us, um, mm-hmm. talking about Aranya's career, too. So there's the magic of hands was mm-hmm. our theme, and Mr. Shulky came up with this concept because as a scientist, he uses his hands. Aranya's career is amazing in art. You use your hands. Mm-hmm. I play music. I use my hands. There's a common theme about how we use hands, but we do it in three different ways. Mm-hmm. But luckily, we have hands to do it. That's right. So I'm going to start off with my first question uh, with interviewing everybody. Aranya, what makes your hands happy? <laughs> That's weird. I know. No, no, no. And it's weird. We're not an E-rated <laughs> podcast. So okay. you, just make what makes your hands happy as an artist. Sure. Um, just always, I, it's, <clears throat> it's like obviously an extension of my mind through my hands. So uh, my hands are always like jittering, especially now I drink so much coffee. I didn't drink very much coffee in, in high school, but I drink a lot of coffee now. Um, and it's all my, I'm always like doing something. I'm always tapping, always kind of doing some sort of like rhythm or uh, air drumming. I do a lot of air drumming. Um, I'm fond of taking really cheesy videos of myself doing air guitar solos for my friends. I send <laughs> to them whenever I'm bored uh, in weird public places like the gym or something. Um, I'm yeah. I uh, I'm always using my hands and my or I guess what, what makes my hands happy? Just having something to do. I that's like my main. That's my thing, my hands. My mom always used to say that I should insure my hands, take out yeah. some sort of insurance on my hands. That's a real thing. You can get that. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it freaks me out uh, thinking about the future of my hands or if something wrong happened with my hands or my fingers or anything. Yeah. That scares me so much. Um, I just always need something in my hands. Yeah, but mostly, yeah, fingers maybe. I got you. Yeah. I have to say, you started down the topic, and I, uh, I was really bummed because I thought you were about to take my answer. But what I mean by that is what makes my hands happy mm-hmm. as a guitar player um, is when I'm thinking about something musically, and it comes out of my hands. So it transfers from my mind in terms of sound. So I'm thinking of a lick, and I can play it, and it comes out just as I thought in my head. I can hear it in my head, and then magically... And when I, when I play, I'm trying to improvise a solo, and I'm at a gig, and I'm playing, and all of a sudden, it comes out at the same time live. My head and my hands are in sync. When they, when they really click musically, there is nothing better for me. Seriously, my hands and my heart and my soul, my, every part of me is happy. 
That being said, I think also what makes me happy as a father and a husband and all the things around my family, like grabbing my kids and lifting them up in the air and them smiling back at me, all those holding my wife and, you know, she telling me she loves me, all those things make me really happy. But musically, when I connect to it artistry-wise, it's, it's weird how these two appendages have become so important to my happiness when I think about what's in my head, you know. I, I'm so lucky to have <laughs> them, and they work. Right. And I've practiced all these fine motor skills to try to do that. That's why I play guitar. That's absolutely why I play guitar is because I've been trying to get it out of my hands forever. Yeah. Mr. Shoki, what makes you happy? What makes your hands happy as a scientist? Um, I think, honestly, the science part is not so much there. Um, what makes my hands happy is the texture of cooking. I Ooh, love yeah. cooking. And the texture of playing with stuff. You know, in the kitchen and cutting stuff up, and I, that's probably my biggest joy with respect to yeah. textile stuff. Do you make a lot of bread? I haven't for a long time, but I used to. Yeah, I had a little sourdough culture that I kept for years going. <laughs> oh, very from cool. From California, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I haven't made bread for quite a while, but I have me- made many, many, many loaves of bread. That's awesome. Oh, that's what this is all about. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Um, Better answer to your question, now that we've discussed a little bit more. And I'm not trying to, like, uh, take the question in a different direction, but, um, you know, you're kind of talking about music and a career almost, right? Your career is in music. Um, Something that I've been thinking of a lot recently is... uh, so I, I do design stuff for a career, essentially. Amazing posters. Yeah, a lot of graphic design. Yeah, <laughs> Lots of, well, just a lot of random things. I just say it's creative stuff. It's, it's hard to define all the time. Um, but something that I've been uh, feeling frustrated about recently is there's like two, I never do like art. I'm not doing like art as a career, for example. I'm always on the computer. Yeah. Um, and with being on the computer, it's like learning uh, design uh, programs, you know, like all the Adobe programs, all that kind of stuff, any sort of like animation or movies or, or you know, just regular design. And you can do a lot of that stuff without the computer too, but um, most of my career has been always on the computer. And so I find like I'm using my hands, you know, with a mouse and a keyboard and everything, but it's very frustrating for me to see all this stuff happening through a screen as opposed to just me actually like sitting in front of a piece of paper or a canvas or something and, and drawing with my hands. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's rewarding when I finish a project on the computer and it's, and you know, that's, that's great and everything. Um, but the, what I miss the most is actually working with my hands on, like with a pencil or I don't know, Oil. pastel yeah. or some paintbrush, whatever. So I've been trying to, uh, be mindful of of somehow incorporating more physical, um, whether it's like texture or if I'm taking pictures of something that I draw and then scanning it into the computer or just trying as hard as I can to incorporate use actually using my hands for whatever it may be and actually putting that into the digital aspect because you know it's all everyone's talking about how you know we're going so so much into this digital kind of future or yeah. what have you but. Um, did, did you know that some of these, well, like, 
Adobe Photoshop, you can make a custom brush mm-hmm. and you can do the custom shapes and stuff that are really easy. Mm-hmm. They have a new software that will connect to an app. It's not even new. It's like three years old, actually, I think, now. And it's um, you can take a picture of something, anything, like a skateboard or your drawing or anything you want. You can take a picture of it, and it becomes a vector image right away. Yeah. And then in, and in your cloud account, it just instantly works into Illustrator or Photoshop, and you can do anything you want with a vector image. That's, See? Yeah, I mean... That's amazing. It's definitely amazing. It's just, uh, you know, it's like... I, but there's so much that you get from creating something out of thin air on a piece of paper instead of, like, me just sitting, you know, in the dark on my computer for an hour, like, in my underwear, just, like, stressing about how it doesn't <laughs> look a certain way that I could probably just do with my hands, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, same yeah. with music. I, I feel like sometimes, like, you have these, you know, all these different, I don't know, like, you know, synthesizers or all this kind of crazy stuff online or, or all you know, digital audio work phase, you know, all these kind of things. But sometimes it's just so nice to just, like, have an acoustic guitar that you can just, like, play, right? And just because you know you're going to be able to do this thing physically. But if you take it in that digital aspect, it's like, oh, my gosh, how do I do this? And There's the artistic side of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, being human makes you in a, being creative. And it has to do with limitations. Yeah. When you have too many options, yeah. you are not as creative. Yeah. That's... I, I really feel strongly about that. When you take away all the possibilities of things you can make sound with and i give you three things to make sound with and you have low middle and high you will be more creative with those it's very very true and the beatles made amazing records with less technology than we have right now as we're recording this podcast with two microphones yeah and it's because they're humans and they made it they thought about it they created it with their hands and their voices it's pretty amazing that's some deep stuff so Abranya, where have your hands been? That's gross, right? <laughs> <laughs> Since you graduated high school in 2011, um, you you uh, you have a quite an, a, an amazing career post high school. So uh, our listeners, uh, he graduates. Um, by the way, his senior graduation picture still is better than yours. He was behind, he was in front of a sunset with a children's cowboy hat, a fake mustache, sunglasses, and a plastic pistol. And it is on my wall right next to my desk. If you want to see it, come in room 409. <laughs> Aranya will never go away. I love him to death. Um, but uh, you graduate 2011, and then you go to ASU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And where have you been since? What did you do at ASU? What did you do after that? What you been up to? Where your hands been? Um, <laughs> I'm still chasing that cowboy dream. I think yeah. that's what I'm doing. Um, no, but so, yeah. So I, wow. Okay. I went to Arizona State. Um, I was hope as I was so you know involved with like playing music in, in bands when I was in high school, especially my senior year, it, it, and I was hoping that I would go into the music program at Arizona State, which was uh, at the time was <laughs> very exciting to me. But looking back, I mean, still exciting. But I think I took, I was a little naive about it, so I didn't get into music program, uh, which made a lot of sense uh, looking back. And I ended up. Did you ever take a recording class there? I didn't. No, oh. I don't. They they were like pretty. Um, you know, you kind of had to stay into your major until like my. I think my senior year, they really started to let people kind of go like cross disciplinary. I don't know. If, yeah, colleges. But not so. really until like my senior year, I was able to even have access to that kind of stuff. 
Gotcha. Anyway, um, so I I started doing art. I mean, I did a lot of art in high school as well, but music was kind of like my main thing. Um, and I went into the art program at ESU, which I was totally fine with, and you know, it's kind of like what I had also planned for. And uh, yeah, I just went to art school. It was a printmaking major, which is has nothing to do with well, doesn't have anything to do with uh, computer design necessarily. Um, it was, you know, most like a classical kind of art practice. So I was doing a lot of like etching and a lot of um, like screen printing. And is it true? There's a memory I have of you telling me that you took a class in the color gray. Was the class about the color gray, and you had to make like sixty-seven versions of gray from black to white? Oh yeah, I mean that's pretty standard. Um, you know, like the. The first year in art school, everyone pretty much takes the same classes. I feel like yeah. it's probably been that way for, you know, 30, yeah. 40 years where you have to, like, you know, yeah, you take three hours in a studio class to shade from, you know, just the white of the paper to, like, the blackest black that you can get and just try to do the smoothest transition possible just over wow. and over. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I don't know. Um, it's uh, maybe to some people it's meaningless, but it's... Uh, it's not to me. Not to me at all. It's... It's interesting. I um that's that was more of like a drawing one kind of class. But yeah, I mean there was always weird little I used to um Yeah, we're applauding. There's live music happening right now where we're doing this, <laughs> which is really making my heart happy. So Yes, it's nice. Um I used to my actually my favorite class was this drawing one class where uh we did like it's a reductive technique where you shade the entire um piece of paper, you know, as dark as you can go and instead of um adding shadow and, and definition and darkness to create some sort of object you take it away with an eraser I'm sick so it's like the opposite way so instead you're drawing with an eraser and for whatever reason I felt like that was that's like one of my favorite parts in my whole college history was like sitting for three hours drawing a blanket with an eraser I, don't, I didn't know that sounds wild <laughs> no that's awesome <laughs> anyway, I get it <laughs> um, I'll get off subject anyway so yeah I went to art school I was there for four years um, had a really great time for whatever reason I kept up with design programs you know Photoshop and Illustrator that I kind of used to uh, screw around with in high school when I would make like band Flyers, you know, yeah. which I think like most people kind of that's how they get involved with graphic design. That's how I did it. Yeah. And I mean, in high school, it's fun because you can do whatever. I used to do like the most, the wildest illustrations or weird, you know, terrible Photoshop jobs. I wish I still had them, obviously, but um, I, yeah, for whatever reason, I continue to stay with that. And throughout college, even though none of my friends were really doing that, and I wasn't really involved with any sort of design students out there I didn't really I mean I had peers that were in design programs but I never took a design class anything like that um, and I just I think I kind of started to like lie to people that I could do things for them <laughs> and then and, that's and, how you get work yeah and that's how I was getting work and learning how to do the program so I yeah. you know I would like apply for jobs that I wasn't qualified for and uh, somehow like weasel my way into it and then, like, just Google everything if I didn't know how to do it and kind of, like, learn on the spot. YouTube videos. YouTube uh, videos. Um, there's so many times where a, a boss asked me to do something. I was just like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And no clue how to do it. <laughs> what does this word mean, exactly. Google? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so many times. Um, but that's... 
that's cool. That's you know, it was nice, and and it worked for for whatever reason. And um, just over time, it's just like such a second language almost now. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing a lot of stuff for galleries and museums in Arizona through connections that I made through the community. And, you know, I started getting hired. Uh, you know this the city gallery city run gallery started doing stuff there and then i kind of moved on to um the college museum that at the museum at arizona state's kind of a big deal it's you know really yeah, amazing a, southwest kind of yeah uh, you know big, destination yeah, yeah it's yeah. cool um and i was just doing that and i was also doing insur- internships in in new york and that th- you know that i kind of found out through my uncle and that's well, that's where I failed the most because those were like you know career destinations and the lying wasn't always <laughs> it didn't always pay off um, and those were like my those were like huge accomplishments but also huge failures at the same time and that's like when I learned the most was I was just like screwing up at these like high profile internships and just like always freaking out and then you know, turning around the next semester and being like, okay, now I know how to do that now, not when I was interning when it counted, but now I know how to, do, you know, it's kind of yeah. stuff like that. Um, and yeah, and then I graduated after four years. I went traveling for a while by myself out in Europe, kind of like the typical college after college not the typical. I graduated college. I didn't do none of that. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, like everyone like goes like the cliche, like backpacking kind of thing. That's right? so cool. Maybe you should do a um, crazy Iceland story. Oh, I, I remember the Iceland story stuff. You get, we'll get to that one. We need an Iceland story. Okay, where, Iceland. Where story. your hands were in Iceland. Wow. Okay, so I was in Europe for three months. That was yeah. my work. Or I wasn't. I didn't have a work visa. I just had a traveler's visa, so I could only be out there for three months. I'd been running around in Europe and all this kind of stuff, getting into shenanigans. And uh, I, knew, but I knew I wanted to be in Iceland for just some extended period of time. And so, like this whole because you love Bjork, like I because I love Bjork, big just fan of Bjork. Like I do. Did you see that um, the like trending? She there's like this new video. Well, it's, it's an old video when she was 11 on Facebook right now of her reading like the Icelandic nativity. Oh it's no! Adorable. It. It's it? so good. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> Biophilia is still one of the most amazing albums I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So. Um, I did not meet Bjork, unfortunately. But, <laughs> Everybody uh, goes to Iceland <laughs> thinking yeah. they just walk into a grocery store. And but it's there. such a small. It's such a small place that you know maybe people are BSing me, but everyone's just like, yeah, I know Bjork. You know, it's a small yeah. island. You know, it is. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, so I was in. So I knew I wanted to be in Iceland. I didn't know how I was going to do. I was running out of money, and I was applying to all these kind of like. I don't know. I was, packing, I was applying to like alpaca farms and yoga communes and, you know, in Switzerland. I was just trying to stay out there for as long as I could. And I was applying to hostels just to like, you know, do some sort of like work exchange where I could stay there and work. Um, and this is all online. And then somehow I, I stumbled upon this hotel in the middle of nowhere in Iceland. It's on the easternmost town. Um, on the island, like on the opposite side of the island than Reykjavik. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like Neskapstadur or something. It's something crazy. I can't say it. Um, and tourism is bustling there? Tora, yeah, tourism is crazy. And so every single town has a really nice hotel because... They want to go see the icebergs and, exactly, the, yeah, like the, and the glaciers and stuff. Exactly. So there was this really nice hotel in this town, this really small town, like smaller than Cedarcrest, really. 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but they had this amazing... Uh, I thought the only thing smaller than Cedar Crest was Stanley, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like three streets on this mountainside, and that was it. And there's like a hotel, and then there's, you know, there's like maybe, I don't know, like 40 houses and a grocery store. And a, I mean, it's, it was a little bigger than I'm making it out to be, but it was small. Um, and so I, I, there was a hotel there, and they were looking for somebody to come out for a couple... Well, for however long, um, and work in the bar, um, and you could stay there in the in this really nice hotel, and it was just kind of this like once in a lifetime opportunity. So, I took it. I flew out to Iceland, um, and yeah, for like a month, I was just I was just bartending, and on the weekends they would rent us a rental car, um, so that we could yeah, so we could go out and just explore because you can get around the whole country in a day. Pretty it's, much. it's from. I, I thought it was like a like a four hundred mile thing total, right? Yeah, it's called the um, the ring. I think the ring. Yeah, uh, I think it's the ring. You um, would know. I just always I've seen it in terms of like a vacation spot because it's so unpopulated. I've always wanted to go there as well. I think it's four hundred and something miles around the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's really small. It, yeah, it's 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 a lot packed into one little piece of land, pretty yeah. much. Um, but yes, yeah, so I. Hey, tell what about the. Uh, Prometheus intro scene remake. Oh yeah, so <laughs> if you've seen the Prometheus, the like prelude to Alien, or, or yeah, yeah, um, totally. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. So on one of my days off, I was traveling um, just by myself in this rental car, and I I was doing so much research all the time while I was there because I wanted to see everything I could. And so there's this um, famous waterfall there that's one of the biggest waterfalls in the world. And uh, that's where they filmed the opening scene of Prometheus where there's, like, the shirtless alien. And he, like, drinks... He, like, leans down into the water and, like, drinks some sort of... The weird alien chemical. And this huge... uh, alien spaceship comes down anyways uh, whatever i I've reenacted I'm it, trying to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was at this waterfall and uh i thought it would be funny if i took a because i haven't you know i i didn't talk to anybody for like three months so i was going a little crazy just like doing weird things by myself and like you know just giggling thinking i was so funny and so i thought it'd be funny if i like snuck off the path and like took off my shirt and acted like an alien from the prometheus movie <laughs> to like read redid the whole scene and I, I filmed it on my phone and posted on facebook as well <laughs> Another thing I will share with you. Yeah. Um, pr- I, pretty funny. Anyway, so, um, yes, yeah, so I was just doing stuff like that. I'd say, like, one of my funniest, m- more memorable experiences in Iceland was um, there's this... I mean, they've got, like, weird kind of hidden cave pools all over the all over the country. And, you know, they're, they're really into community um, swimming pools or, you know, uh, uh, hot springs. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, mm-hmm. So they have, you know, hot springs all over because it's such a volcanic... There's so much volcanic activity everywhere. Um, and, but there's this, hit, this is like famous hidden swimming pool that's kind of abandoned. Um, but people, you know, communities still go up there to have, like, swimming lessons in the summer and stuff like that. And so I was like, I need to see it. I need to see it. So I was by myself, and um, I thought I knew where it was. And I pulled off in this little car, and I was um, hiking up into this, like, kind of canyon. This is, like, beautiful, like, Lord of the Rings canyon. Um, <laughs> And I couldn't find it. And I was—I like, must have been out there. I, cr- I crossed the stream. Uh, I jumped the fence. I was like, I was being such an annoying tourist, I know. But I was just like, I need to see it. You see it. Uh, I couldn't find it. I was like climbing up hills. And um, I was like tripping over everything. And it started to rain. It was kind of getting a little dark. So I was just like, man, I don't know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this. 
so I, I started going back to my car and like some I was just like if I don't see this now I might not ever see it again I should just try a little bit so I turned back around jumped the fence again and uh, started go up into the canyon again to see if I could go like a different direction or something and I slipped in the stream I, I did like a banana peel fall like it smacked From my head movie. on a rock in oh. the stream broke my glasses actually I'm lucky I was wearing my glasses because there's a huge like chip in my glasses where I hit the rock uh-huh. and like maybe if I wasn't wearing my glasses who knows anyway so I'm laying in the stream I'm like soaked and pretty dazed because I just hit my head and I'm like oh my god like this <laughs> sucks it's starting to rain and I was just like alright I guess that's a sign I shouldn't go back so I started to go back to my my car and I started to go over the fence turned out the fence was electric <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> See, I didn't know it because I wasn't wet and I was just like you know, my knees buckled and I was just like on the on the floor just like oh my god I need to get out of here I, I finally get on my feet and I get into my car I turn it on and I start to go and the car like lurches up and smacks down this huge sharp rock and busts open the bottom of the whatever's covering the the axle or whatever, and it was stuck there. And start it's raining. I can't do anything. You killed a car in yeah. Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that typical bad tourist thing. I'm kind of embarrassed about it now. But anyways, um, so I'm stuck in this car. I can't do anything. I'm and it's pouring. I'm trying to like figure out if I can like go underneath and like dig my car out or whatever. And it's just a, like bad, a rock jetting through the yeah, engine. Yeah, it's in there. Like you can, it's like cracked in there. And I'm just like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And luckily, there was a farm. People were doing like farm work. These poor Icelandic you know farmers were just like doing their regular thing and here comes this like little teenager just like so annoying me coming over i'm like i need help i'm stranded (laughs) and and this big icelandic guy he's still jittering from the electric Uh, yeah and i'm just like Like, and my head's like bleeding (laughs) (laughs) can can you help me yeah a towel or a bandage (laughs) oh my god so i um and they're just you could tell they're just upset with me because i'm being so annoying and um, And you're probably ruining their like schedule yeah, of work. oh yeah yeah oh totally, yeah. yeah and so it, it's so nice that they came out and this big muscle guy comes over and he looks under my car and they're trying to see if they can like tow it they can't tow it because it's stuck so bad um and he just gets tired of it and he just leans down and starts like he's under there for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden i see him like come out from underneath the car and he's holding this huge rock that he dug out with his bare hands and he's just <laughs> like, like a viking yeah, from heaven <laughs> and i was just like oh my god and he's just like get out of here get out of here and i was just like oh my god it's just super um funny that was a good one uh, <laughs> dad dad's over here like you did what to a car in iceland <laughs> yeah Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, well, so I worked at this hotel, and um, they, yeah, everything from the land out there, you know, the, um, they don't... You they don't throw anything away. Yeah, and they don't really... I mean, they import stuff, but it, it, a lot of the stuff just comes straight from... So, like, all the chicken out there tastes amazing. All the animals they eat from the island. Uh, Ikea is the most visited restaurant out in Iceland because everything's so fresh and, and the meatballs, and the are, meatballs so good. are amazing. Um, Burger King is like a delicate, or sorry, KFC is oh, like a delicacy wow. out there. It's so good. Wow. Um, I know it's just cause it's all fresh. It's like just purely just like sh- straight off the farms. Um, so this hotel, they would, it was right on the ocean. So they had all this amazing seafood and, um, but they also just, they, you know, they 
I was going to say they grow the lambs. They, you know, they raise all the <laughs> lambs and everything, all the livestock. They water them. <laughs> they water the lambs. They soil them. <laughs> yeah. um, but they would go uh, hunting a lot for, for deer. and uh, I think it was just deer. Reindeer, actually. It was reindeer. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. Well, it's the holidays. I was eating reindeer. It's know? good. <laughs> I hear. I've never eaten it, but I hear it's really, really good. And it's, it's a uh, version of the caribou. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, I, I was just... My dad brought that up because I have this picture of this, you know, skinned deer just hanging from the ceiling that I was just hanging out around <laughs> as my, my boss, the chef boss, was just, like, cutting and, you know. Clean, <laughs> do you clean a deer? Is like, or is that just yeah, fish? it's, it's, it's called cool. processing. You clean processing. a deer. Yeah, you process it. Pictures of, he'd send us pictures, be out in the middle of the wilderness and... Iceland and it's huge mushrooms. He'd be like, <laughs> I picked this for the restaurant. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of really fond memories of um, blueberry and mushroom picking out there because it's oh, cool. just like it's just. I mean, you, I can't even say how incredible it was, but um, you know, everyone's going out to Iceland now. If you, if you can, if you can, you should always try to go out to Iceland. It's the most. Yeah, I get a okay. philosophical question, sort of like, can you, in your opinion? sort of tell the audience the importance of traveling. Why is traveling important? <clears throat> That's a tough one. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the most important things anybody can do after high school. I am 100% set on that as well. Changed my life. <sighs> yeah. Um, traveling is... like If you have the privilege to travel, it's like the most amazing thing in the world. Um, it put so many things up, I mean this is going to sound just like a dumb answer but so many things in the perspective and uh, I, I actually had, what I found out mostly about myself when I was traveling was uh, that I since I didn't speak all the different I mean everyone speaks English you know that I was interacting with but I would try you know as hard as I could to especially like when I was in Spain you know speak the kind of the you know minimum right. amount of Spanish that I knew and I would you know try to be respectful and um but when I couldn't, when I couldn't communicate as much with people as I wanted to, it was it, like it really threw me, what threw a loop because I was just I I'd never really experienced that before where it was I was on my own I didn't I couldn't really connect with people because I knew that I wanted to like tell them stories or relate to them somehow or just even have like a regular conversation with somebody and then oftentimes couldn't do that because you know there was that language barrier. Yeah. Um, and so after a while of me just being my, and I like to be by myself. I like to be kind of isolated often, but when I didn't really have that option all the time to just talk to people like we're talking now or in any sort of easy manner, it was like, it really, uh, hit home for me that the way that I communicate with people is through telling stories and like needing anecdotes and needing understanding from your anecdote. Like exactly. I, I am with you on this story and you were with me on your story yeah exactly and so it was just like um i think you really start to understand how you communicate with people and how you express yourself even more so than with music or art or something it's more of like a like pure human thing where it's just like wow i don't know even know how to speak to you like that's wild and i i think that traveling does two things that's imperative for growth as humans First off, it shows it teaches you empathy in a new way. Um, we then appreciate somebody else's life and 
their culture and their standard of living being different than ours or whatever the case may be, we start to have empathy for the world in a different light when we get away from our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And second of all, we by realizing what these people live like or what they cherish and what they appreciate or don't like or really loathe in some way, then we, we learn about self-growth so much after that. As soon as you are part of this place that's not yours and you witness it and you are a guest in this world, it's somewhere else. And you mm-hmm. look at your own world, you start to appreciate it. You start to appreciate traits of your own. You know that you have a self-ownership and self-efficiency to get through anything afterwards. You can go like, mm-hmm. I ended up in a country where nobody spoke the same language as me, but I was sheltered. Yeah. I was fed. I got everything I needed and I'm still smiling from mm-hmm. it. And when we appreciate other people's way of life, it really makes us appreciate ours in a much calmer fashion too. I, I think it's so important for people. I get to college kids and they have never been out of Albuquerque. I yeah. just, I just crush, it crushes my soul on the inside. Like you need to go. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, it's still just like, it is a very incredible privilege to even be able to do that. So, you know, some people just can't travel. They don't have the means to do that. And, um, agreed. So it's, I also think that I think though you get to choose what you want to do in a different way. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm just I'm I am I, I guess I'm showing my color. So if you if you really want a new cell phone, you make that happen. <laughs> and if you want to go to Canada, you can make that happen. You can make you, it. even Mexico. That's like, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 40, 40 bucks you get to Mexico. I think it, it is so I um I ended up coming back to Albuquerque. Uh, well, so after, not to change the subject too much, but after mm-hmm. Europe, I, um, I was in New York for a while. I kind of got stuck there cause I was, I didn't have any money. I needed to get a job. I was like sleeping on my uncle's couch for two months. I finally got a job and out there, I was out there for about a year. I came back to Albuquerque, um, just because, you know, when I was here, I was like, man, Albuquerque, like I need to get the hell out of here. Like, or, you know, East mountains. I wasn't even yeah. in Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I was just like, this is. I hate it, you know, just the naive like teenager thing. And but while I was while I was traveling, I I kind of realized that like there's no other place in the whole world that's like Albuquerque, you know. And I, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, everyone says that, but it's like when you finally actually go out into the world and you're just like, um, this is uh, this is like so unique. And so when I came back from New York. Everyone was like, "Why? Why do you want to come back to Albuquerque? You're you're so foolish for that." And um, I actually loved it being out here for for the year that I was out here, and yeah. um, you know, after college as an adult, and I still miss it. And I and it was just so easy to, it's so easy to live here. And I was actually speaking to my friend a couple of days ago that I haven't seen for you know six months or whatever, and she said something that was really stuck out to me, where she, where she was like, she's really into. Um, wellness and everything and she's like it's it's very easy to be healthy in new mexico which Mm -hmm. i uh you know i never really thought about that i mean i feel like i'm a pretty healthy person but like when she said that and i don't think it was just about like diet it was you know it was everything it was like mindfulness is about um obviously like health but yeah sunshine sunshine and now that i'm so now i'm in chicago yeah moved after another year and now there's no sunshine. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> These clouds and rain and snow, yeah, lake, of, yeah. lake think, effect snow. Yeah, man. I think it was like one degree out there today. So I'm excited to get 
get back up on the train tomorrow. But anyways, um, yeah, and another thing about traveling that uh, that was pretty interesting is that I, I, I learned to, because of my lack of the ability to kind of communicate on a deeper level, I think I started to listen more. Ooh, yeah. So, empathy. empathy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm, much more, I'm a much more quiet person now. You were always quiet, though, yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I am quiet, but I mean, I could certainly be very, uh, very loud and kind of crazy sometimes. And, um, with a guitar. With a, <laughs> I don't know. In a, I mean, in a PA. Now I'm, yeah, now I'm a little bit more inclined to always listen rather than just talk, which yeah. um, sometimes I feel like is a little boring, but it's, uh, it's important mm. to me, I think. I hope that never changes, man. I hope that never changes. I think that's part of your character, honestly. I appreciate it listening that's how you were raised that's, yeah i i knew i knew you for four years pretty much well three years together and i i really saw you listening all the time and i i was blown away by that as we made recording arts into what it is that you were willing to listen when we were starting recording arts remember everybody had to write a song together as a big group <laughs> yeah. and that just meant that people like you who were really good listeners mm. just sat back and tried to let people find their voice and then include stuff. And it was very, very hard. Yeah. We don't do that anymore, by the way. Oh, uh, uh, well, I don't know. It, um, that, was, that was challenging. It was very challenging. When we had the upper class, when I wasn't a senior and, and we had the seniors, um, I think I was probably a junior. Yeah, I was a junior. And then we had the seniors at that time writing all this. We had the really talented, like Alyssa Yarber. And, Burr, yeah, uh, and Nick. Lauren Perez uh, and Nick. Lauren, and yeah. so they're all just like so good at what they do and uh i was like the younger kid so i was you know really trying to like i guess learn a little bit but i was also <laughs> so like headstrong i was always just like i can do everything too like you know so i was always like trying to do it um but no, you did really good with that you did really good with that it was fun it was cool. I, I truly miss all that kind of stuff it was cool um so you skipped over where you are now and it's bothering me okay. so much <laughs> <laughs> because I love what you do. So as as a graphic designer, what are you working on now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we started talking about traveling. I'm sorry. Oh, no, um, not, not, not a bad deal. So graphic design. So traveling in Europe. Um, didn't do that much design out there. When I got back to New York, I was crashing on my uncle's couch. I uh, That's pretty much my only... That's the only thing I've ever known how to do professionally is is make things for people. I guess. Oh, I thought you were about to say sleep. On oh, sleep. Well, couch. sleep on people's. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much that too. But <laughs> now I'm starting to get a little bit older. People aren't into that. You know, <laughs> get your own Cause house. Because now I'm like a an, a mid twenties man instead of just this cute little teenager. Anyways, um, yeah. So I was working for a fashion company out in New York and doing print advertisements for them. So it was kind of crazy because it wasn't the most exciting work and I wasn't always the best at it, but um, it was cool because, you know, I'd open up the New York Times and there'd be this big advertisement that I've done and be like, oh my God, like thousands of people are seeing this, but then More. it'd be like a, a advertisement for like a couch or something, you know? <laughs> so it's like... You got to pay your bills. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's just a funny like high, high, and low, low kind of thing where... Um, lots of rec- n- n- not even recognition, but um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was cool because you know so many people are seeing this thing that I had my hands on. 
But you're in the biggest market of the biggest markets. That's true. You know, that's what really stands out about your work in New York City was you were in the biggest market of the biggest market. Mm -hmm. Competing at the biggest level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was cool. Yeah, It's Um, awesome. It's so (laughs) awesome. You don't even know. It's so awesome. So they're just, they're just advertisements, like 50% off suits this week at, you know, this store. So, um, but you know, it's so cool. So shrug, you can shake your head, (laughs) but I'm still amazed at it. That's amazing. So I, that's where I got a majority of my (coughs) career experience, right? I mean, I'm, I've only been out of college for, I guess now it's year three, but, um, so that's what I was doing for the year. And then, uh, my contract expired and I really missed the desert. And I, I kind of felt like I was in New York just to kind of tell people I was in New York. I wasn't like super stoked about it at the time. And I was also freaking out cause I was in a cubicle and I was like, this is what I'm doing right after I just got back from Iceland and now I'm in a cubicle. I'm just like, this is <laughs> too much. I can't do this. And, uh, so I moved back here, and when I moved back out here, I just I worked at a coffee shop downtown, and then I also worked for a menswear store in Knob Hill, and I was just I was just doing design stuff for them. Uh, I was doing a lot of like freelance kind of uh, like branding and kind of stuff like that, just very typical. Uh, any, what's what a lot of, most graphic designers do, just like on the side side hustle kind of thing. We all do it. Yeah, and yeah artists musicians um and then i got uh through the old work that i was doing in the museum in college i got an offer to work for this event management company out of texas remotely so um and they do you know they throw on concerts they do marathons they i don't know conferences all kind of all kind of stuff but they had heard about my past work in college which wasn't even that impressive but they liked it and so um they asked me to come on to the company and i was and i'm I'm still working for them we just wrapped up this huge marathon so they they do this bmw sponsors this marathon in dallas each year and it's a pretty huge event and i it was cool because i did all the design work for it i did you know all the all the t-shirts all the you know signs and there's like billboards and they they ducked out this really nice like bmw with all these like weird graphics that i did it's just like kind of surreal but that's awesome if you go on to like instagram and look up like hashtag dallas marathon or whatever there's just like thousands of pictures wearing people wearing all these t-shirts it's just like this weird you made. Uh, that's a big deal it's yeah it's cool so what's your favorite band poster you made i have one of yours that i saw that I just absolutely love band poster shoot uh, not high school like real you actually make uh, prints and different things for other bands and that's really amazing work too that's what I love I haven't so I haven't done one in a long time I did this um this kind of parody uh, you know the band Jawbreaker right that's what I okay, okay. <laughs> okay so, so it's just like uh, I used to love this dear, Jawbreaker show. dear you is my one of my favorite Desert Island album, and I remember you uh, sharing it with me. You gave me the CD like my senior year, and I yeah. saw I saw it on my computer. Um, yeah, Jawbreaker, and so they uh, they have this shirt, this old Jawbreaker shirt. It's like a classic of the Morton Salt girl yeah. in the rain, and it says Jawbreaker. Like when it rains, it pours. You know, and I just always I just always loved that shirt so much. Um, and this band was coming to town, brand new. They were coming to town with uh, this other band, Circus Survive. Whom you love. Whom I, I used to really love. And um, and I just w- thought it would be fun to kind of put together like a, a small poster run of it. Of So so the, the idea was like 
the band Brand New is um, celebrating like a 10 year, 15 year anniversary of their big album, or their yeah. first big album. And uh, it has a, I drew it, so I did the, the Morton Salt Girl carrying that album cover in the rain. And it's like a sad, I mean, this is a sad emo album or whatever. So it's just this kind of funny. Anyways, it wasn't like the most amazing thing ever, but yeah, so it's Brand yes, New, Circus Survive. And I, uh, I still get, so this was like, three years ago i didn't do that many of them uh, but i sold out of them and i still to this day get people like hitting me up yeah. asking like do you still have this do you still have this and it's kind of <laughs> crazy I, that's that's, that's just, such an amazing poster yep. i mean i don't yeah it's i'm sure i have one extra i'm sure my dad can did you hear the new jaw um glass jaw yes do you like i just it? was listening to it today shut I, up really yeah i, oh, wow, I didn't love glass jaw i know we we both do yeah um i it the mix is interesting i'm not a fan of it yeah. I, i'm not a fan <laughs> of that snare so much right now well so what i thought was interesting we don't have to talk about glass shot too i could nerd out about the whole album first <laughs> i know we, we don't i don't know if we have that kind of time but um so it just came out i have been i was waiting for a long time i think it, it just rips the whole album just crazy I like where daryl is again too yeah daryl's mad again he, so i kind of feel good about it yeah. really good it's really good and now it's just justin beck and daryl and yeah. uh what I did, and so the mix is like pretty, just pretty raw, like bass and left ear, you know, very distorted guitar in the right, um, a lot of reverb. And I would say that I did, so the mix at first was like pretty um, off putting, I think, a little bit, because it was just like, this is kind of hard to like really get into. And then, but I read this interview with, with Justin Beck where he's like, you know, we mixed it this way on purpose, and the, the, the guitar is so crazy in your right ear and there's never really lets off that much because it's supposed to kind of make this effect of like all the concrete work that they do in new york and like all the crazy hustle and bustle all there's you know it's never quiet in new york and so that was their kind of reasoning for the whole mix the way it was on top of like they're taking inspiration from their like 80s and 90s hardcore heroes or whatever so yeah uh interesting it makes it makes me think of it a lot different because the yeah the distortion and the tone the guitar tone like you can. I feel like you can hear the New York sound in it. It's kind of cool. Anyways, Abeyi, I B E Y I. Have you heard that band? I B E Y I. Uh-uh. Cool man. You gotta check them out. Okay. It's a uh, Cuban folk singers with electronic synth pop. They're twins, mm-hmm. African descent, French-speaking Cubans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though I can't even make this up. And <laughs> their layers on their layers on vocals. It's. I don't know how to say it right. That's what I heard on... I found him on National Public Radio. Okay. Yeah. So rad. So rad. I'm kind of... I mean, I do still listen to a lot of hardcore music that I listened to in in high school and definitely a lot more extreme metal now, Uh, but not as much as I I used to when I was like angsty, you know, but I... Now I'm more into like quiet stuff like Fleetwood Mac or whatever, but um, (laughs) there's just not really about Fleetwood Mac, but... um, I'm really into uh, more like ambient kind of slower kind of soundscape kind of stuff. So, uh, Grouper, have you heard of Grouper? Totally. They Ooh. just played in Taos not too long ago. Yeah, just I love Grouper. All that kind of um, lo-fi kind of bedroom kind of stuff. It's cool. Um, and they, they yeah, all that like very kind of uh, soundscape or like field recordings kind of stuff. So that's yeah. what I'm more so into now these days. But well, I still cool. listen to a lot of that stuff too. That's cool. I like it. <laughs> Gentlemen, I think we're winding down. I think a little bit. 
I don't know really what to say now. Um, I guess that's kind of a bad host because we could do this all day. Yeah, do we it? have. There's someone. I mean, I haven't. I haven't really been around for a long time, so we could yeah. talk forever. We could. <laughs> I'm so glad we get to talk <laughs> finally. Actually, I mentioned you like on it. A dozen podcasts. I'm like, Aranya, shout out to Aranya. I, I do it all the time. Well, I listened to the um, well, that's the, one with, the first one with my dad. Yeah, and yeah. Just like the first uh, intro where you play that song. Yeah. Uh-huh. When Jesus tries to work, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> Still to this day, I, I show it to people. I'm just like, check out my band in high school. is so bad. But it's it kind of rips sometimes. When I listen to it, I'm just like, well, this is pretty good for high school. Dude, it was great for <laughs> high school. I was really proud of you guys. I mean... Had you ever gotten to sit down at a computer with microphones and really play and listen? No, not at all. And you know what? I, I, I was, that's what another part of me was teaching was I think that really good teaching didn't have me over your shoulder. I didn't do a lot of that. I let you guys just play. You got to learn on your own and make mistakes where sometimes I, to get something done in the class, I have to take over and fix it. And a lot of times I have students really learning it's when they take the seat and they want to drive and they want to try and they hear things and they're chasing it and there is no better way to learn in that way and then when you can ask questions of me or something yeah it's great um clearly clearly we had the monitors down too low because you were constantly cranking everything <laughs> yeah i have taught i've taught people how to calibrate in a different way it was a good learn that was a good learned lesson mm-hmm. like yeah when you can't hear it it's okay right we gotta we gotta there's other ways to fix it because every everything then was just turn it up until you can hear it right and then everything was slammed on the top and that's what mastering is about mm-hmm. and we sh- we should have done it. the willingness to make mistakes i yeah. think is crucial to it to yeah learning. It's a te- good teaching is letting somebody make mistakes. Yeah. And, and then I love the portfolio side of it where you go back and you listen or you look at it. Just You kind of alluded to it in, at ASU, some of your work. And I have Photoshop students or musicians, students come back and listen. And they're like, ah, and that cringe time. Yeah. But, dude, you are a producer, not a consumer. Mm-hmm. You, know, you are always growing. We as artists and scientists and musicians are always growing. First time we did something, we were trying to do it better. Right. And when we look back or listen back or something, we go, ah, oh, I know so much yeah. more now. I'm so much better. And that is awesome. That is like where real good growth and teaching happened. I think portfolio is important. I always have kids like cringing. Oh, I did this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I snap them and give them two big like big eyebrows up and like yeah that's all you buddy <laughs> oh man i mean yeah i think the biggest thing maybe to kind of like find down and on that subject of like looking back and and seeing not seeing well yeah i guess seeing growth um just always trying to aim for that and even though maybe you're not satisfied with what you're doing right now whether it's like a project you could be like a musician or designer or an artist or whatever like just getting through these projects and just continuing to make stuff as much as you can because you're always going to look back and be like, wow, that part wasn't good or maybe I should have changed that color or something or whatever. But you, I think you subconsciously already grow no matter what after you've, you've finished something and you're just always, as long as you're like always creating things and pumping out work, it's just such a more of like a organic kind of thing. You become way more comfortable with, um, 
expressing yourself, obviously, and, and, and finding your voice. I think right now I'm trying to f- really, truly find, like, my voice as a designer and, you know, as an artist. And, you know, I still play a lot of music, too. So it's it's always just kind of, like, no matter what you do, just always trying to do something, you know. Yeah. Because from there, it's just, you just keep on going up and up and up and maybe sideways. But, you know. I, I I have a, a very good friend named Ryan, uh, Ryan Montano who's a, a trumpeter, songwriter, he's an actor, he's a model, he does all kinds of really cool stuff, and he was on the podcast a while back. And uh, we always discuss this because it's about quantity over quality. Sometimes as artists and musicians, we spin in a circle mm-hmm. and we get trapped in a loop of trying to finish something because we want it to be better and it's not... We, we can't resolve it in our head to get it out of our hands to finish this thought that we, we don't know what it is and we're just going to listen back and dislike it and it's not done and then it's this unfinished product that sits and we, res- we reside in unhappiness at that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm always talking to him and you're, you're saying in another way, a very eloquent way at that is just quantity makes for better quality. When you have resolved in a place to let it keep spinning in, a, in an unfinished place then you resolve to say it's not good enough and I'm going to sit there. When you say, I'm going to finish it and it is what it is, I'm done with it, I'm going to start another idea. You might not like it as much, but it's a done product and you reside in a place that says, well, I finished it, I'm on to the next one and I'm I'm more complete in my creation. Mm -hmm. The more you make, the better. The more you create, the better. The Mm -hmm. more you do, the better. That's serious dude that's like serious life stuff man we're all trying to do that yeah that's real that's science that's art that's music that's the theme for today yo (laughs) cool cool man well my java joe's cup is empty thank you for the chai latte my dear friend mr shulky aranya shulky thank you so much for coming to visit of course oh man podcast timbercast is happy to have you that was so fun i really enjoyed it thanks for having me yeah uh it's honor is all ours. <laughs> I, I look forward to getting more hugs again, man. Anytime, okay? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, as soon as we sign off, I'm going to show you some pictures of the kids. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mr. Shulky, happy 53rd birthday. Thank you. Yeah. So episode 53 also coincides with his birthday. See? Some magic right there. Wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know it was episode 53. I knew you were 53. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's like a coincidence that we saved up for this one. I thought that was Very pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Great timing. So, without further ado, I have to do it now. Like I always do. You already did it at the beginning, but I always have to do this. Yeah, I end on it. it. Yeah. That, I always sign it. It sounds weird, but thank you guys for listening. I love you, Brandy. And take care. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 bye.